Hey everyone, I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Welcome to the show that is all about uncovering the awesome in the everyday. Each week, my co-hosts and I give our favorite tips, share our best stories, and confide our true confessions as we invite you to join us in the pursuit of awesome. Well, we are back from our summer break. Thank you. I know. Yes, we're back. Thank you so much for supporting us through our break, you guys. We've heard from so many of you just affirming us and cheering us on taking a break this summer to spend time with our families and just kind of chill out. And that support means so much to us. Another great way that you can support the show that is absolutely and totally free to you is to just tell a friend about Sort of Awesome. We all firmly believe that one of the best ways to spread the word about Sort of Awesome, our mission and our message is for you to just tell your friends and family that it's a show that you love to listen to every week. So here we are. It is episode 107 of Sorta Awesome. And this week, we are all about keeping our awesomes weird. That's right. Just like the city of Austin, Texas is highly invested in its slogan, Keep Austin Weird, we too want to celebrate all things weird and wonderful about life. So we're going to tell you five reasons to go ahead and celebrate your weirdness because it's actually really good for you. And good for the world around you, when you enjoy and embrace your weirdness. We're going to confess some of our weirdest quirks, and we're going to hear from some of you about your own weirdness. So I'm joined this week by my dear friend and wonderful co-host, highly awesome co-host, Kelly Gordon. So (laughs) Kelly, welcome back from break, and I'm so glad you're here this week. Thank you. I am too. You know, it was such, like you said, a relaxing summer break. It was so good. It was needed, I think, on behalf of our team, especially you, who does, you know, the vast majority of the work. But I will say that I have missed you, Awesomes. I have missed recording the show, and I have missed Meg and Laura and Rebecca, because really, even for us, for our team, in the normal sort of recording schedule, we're probably talking almost daily. Yes, it's true. And we've all kind of gone radio silent. Mm-hmm. Because not because, you know, we were like, oh, I really don't want to talk to them anymore, but just because of life. Yes. You know, summer seems to be such a different season. And so it was so nice to have this space to be able to say, hey, I'm going to lean in to relaxing or vacating Mm -hmm. (laughs) or being with my kid or whatever we're going to do. But it is so good to be back. It is so good to be back. It is. It really is. So we are going to be talking all things weirdness and wonderfulness here in just a minute. But first, let's go ahead and get this show started the way we always do. Kelly, with our Awesomes of the Week, what do you have for us this week? I am so excited to share my Awesome of the Week this week because it really is my Awesome of the Summer, you guys. I discovered this recipe. So everybody's going, oh, of course, it's Kelly. Of it's a recipe. But I, I can't help I it, know. you guys. I'm so glad it's a recipe. Yeah. It's like, sorry, not sorry, right? <laughs> right. Um, I discovered this probably right after I recorded my last show, which was back like at the very, very beginning of June or even late May. And it is healthy strawberry oatmeal bars. Mm, okay. Tell me more. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's from a website. So we can link to it. So I did not make this up. But let me tell you about them. This is what I love about them is that they are easy. They're like almost a one bowl sort of bar that you can make. 
They're fairly healthy. They do have sugar in it, although I'm sure you could decrease the sugar and you wouldn't miss it too much. But if you want to fudge a little bit and be like, we're going to have these for breakfast, or we're going to make them kind of into a granola bar sort of option for when your kids or you are coming in and saying, I'm just hungry, but I want something that's not going to be too overwhelming. And they're just that perfect little bit of kind of that summer flavor with those strawberries. Okay. So I'm going to just tell you what's in them so that you can kind of If you're somebody like me, I can like picture, maybe this is my weirdness. (laughs) I can picture all the flavors coming together, okay? (laughs) So it's rolled oats and whole wheat flour, a little brown sugar, a little ginger and kosher salt. Oh, wow. So you mix those together. Yeah, the ginger, I can't really taste. I'm not a huge ginger person, I'll be honest. Like I like ginger in small amounts. So I think that I've heard ginger and strawberries are kind of those complementary flavors, Uh kind of like when you put coffee in your chocolate cake mm-hmm. and it doesn't taste like coffee. It just tastes more chocolatey. Yes. So I suspect that that's what's going on here. So you do that and then you're going to melt butter and or coconut oil. I've actually been doing both. Oh, yum. And then you mix that up in a bowl. So you're not having to like cut in butter or this is not complicated, right? You mix all those ingredients, you melt some oil and you mix it in. You take one cup of that kind of crumbly topping out. The rest of it goes in, you know, an eight by eight or nine by 13. I've, of course, been doubling the recipe because, you know, you can't have too many strawberry bars. A nine by 13 pan, you press it in, you know, like you're making a crust. Mm -hmm. Then you have strawberries that you've cut up into kind of chunks. Or for me, I was going, we live really close to a pick your own strawberry farm. And here in the North, strawberries are just smaller. So I could really, you know, get strawberries and they were probably about the right size. And all you're going to do is sprinkle strawberries on top of this crust, you're not going to just straight strawberries. Really? Yep. Okay. And then you're going to, on top of the strawberries, sprinkle a little bit of granulated, you know, like white sugar. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to squeeze some lemon juice on top. So instead of like having another bowl. Sure. That you're mixing strawberries with sugar and lemon juice, you're just going to throw it right in the pan. So again, this is so easy and like just you're doing it right there. This is so no fuss. Yeah. And then you take that reserved cup of topping and sprinkle that on top. Oh my gosh. These sound dreamy. And then you bake them. Yeah. And that's it, right? And then at the end, and I've been doing this because it's pretty and it's fun, but you could leave this off if you want to make them the most healthy, but you make a little, you know, powdered sugar glaze and drizzle, you know, little squigglies on top Mm -hmm. before you cut them. Mm -hmm. But they are so good. And honestly, like I said, I've been eating them for breakfast. I feel like it's one of those things that when my kids come to me and they're saying, I want something Like a treat, you know, they're saying like, I want something and they're not going to be, I can only get by with apples and nectarines and that sort of thing for so long where I'm like, have an apple. Yes. They need something more. So these have been a mainstay in my house this summer because they've just been such a good fit for so many occasions. And of course, if you have a friend over, I mean, so we have a pool, so we host a lot of people in the summer. I always like, I have half of my freezer right now stocked with popsicle Fudge sickle, you know, Costco size boxes because with people are over, it's easy to be like, who wants a popsicle? Yes. And so we pull those out. But then for my friends, I'm like, who wants a strawberry bar? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not going to give these to, you know, the masses of children that are dripping right. over there. They can have red dye number five popsicles. <laughs> of course. Perfect. We're going to have these really yummy strawberry bars. So, yeah, we'll share, of course, the recipe with all the details. In the show notes, but this has been such an awesome, awesome for me this summer. 
I love it. Those sound amazing. I am going to be on that recipe right away. That sounds so good, Kelly. Thank you for that. You always bring us the best stuff. Oh, this one's a good one, and I can't claim credit for it. I'm just sharing the joy. So what's your awesome, Megan? Okay, so mine is something that's not a new thing, but it is newly my very favorite thing on social media right now, and that is Instagram stories. Yes. So when Instagram first rolled out their stories feature, I was so skeptical, just like, why though? Why? I mean, I never got into Snapchat. I've never even really looked at Snapchat Mm -hmm. as an app let alone put it on my phone and used it. I never really understood the appeal. I did not understand why Instagram would want to bring it in and add it to what was already a perfectly fine and wonderful photo sharing app. But you guys, now I totally get it. I get why Instagram stories are so fun. And Kelly, as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about back way, way, way back. Episode seven of Sorta Awesome. My awesome of the week was the Periscope app. And I think it was with you, our discussion yeah. that week. I was with you and I, I was think you're right. telling you how much I loved Periscope because you got this peek into people's lives all around the world. And as an ENFP, I love to see what people are doing and what they're up to. But Periscope was problematic for a couple of reasons. First of all, it was yes. really hard to find good people to watch. Like not everybody had adopted the app, so it was hard to find your friends on there. And there was just, I mean, just so many randoms from around the world. So many randoms. Yeah, it was so random. It was just really hard to find good things that were going on. To find good content. Yeah, I think that's the key. Like you could look on the map and be like, oh, I want to see what's going on in France today. And so much of it was just boring and droll. Yes. So to find somebody who could, like you're saying, tell a good story basically with it was rare. Right. And the other thing too, since it was live streaming video, I mean, that was really cool in a lot of situations. But then like you said, some of it was just boring and it would just go live video, just stretching on and on forever. And listen, I've done enough like Facebook lives to know when you're actually doing a live video, it's easy to lose track of how long you've been talking. And so I totally get it, but it'd be a lot to really kind of tune in and watch. And plus to the other thing I really hated about it was anybody could comment on people's videos. And so you'd get a lot of like either random or a lot of times like really vulgar comments from yeah. people who are watching. And it just felt really skeevy in some ways. So I can see why Periscope kind of fell out of favor, but I'm finding, Kelly, that I get that same fix of like what's going on in people's daily lives from Instagram stories. So you get slices of daily life. I mean, everything from what people are doing, where they're traveling, especially right now during the summer season where people are traveling, things like how they're getting their hair cut, (laughs) you know, like what their mail deliveries were for the day, all kinds of like little tidbits of daily life. But the great thing is is that you're seeing stories from people that you already follow on Instagram. So they're people that you're actually already either friends with or interested with in finding out more about anyway, because you follow them on Instagram. This is just like a little bonus because stories on Instagram, each frame of a story is limited to 15 seconds. Mm -hmm. The things that you're watching are so condensed down. Yes. That it's a lot more manageable than tuning into somebody's live video stream that's been going on for 15 minutes. At least it is for me. Maybe I just have way too short of an attention span, but it's so much more Well, you're not alone. I mean, I think that that's pretty, you know, endemic of our people today, right? Yes. I agree completely that it's just so nice to be able to see those short little things. Mm -hmm. I like the 15 second limit, much like Twitter. You know, like I actually like the fact that we're limited there. So we can't just go on and on. It makes me watch things more. Yes. You know, where I don't watch Facebook videos lots of times because they're like five or six minutes. And I'm like, I don't have time to like, 
you know, get through this to figure out what you're really trying to say. Right. So, yeah. And you know what else I like? That you get to see those little mundane things. Yes. I think, you know, that people go, this isn't really for sure me. I'm like, this is not Instagram worthy. This is not a pretty picture. Right. This is something silly. Or I can't really tell this whole story in one image. Now, of course, you can add multiple images to some Instagrams these days. But still, I feel like stories is where people are their true selves. Yes. And yes. share the little things. And I think that that is what Snapchat is, you know, to the younger generation. Yes. We're a little bit older. Mm-hmm. I use Snapchat some, but I think that it is that unfiltered yes. feel even more so that has the real appeal. I'm going to tell you guys really fast three accounts that I'm loving their Instagram stories. Number one, Angela Kinsey. So her Instagram handle is just at Angela Kinsey. She's an actress that you probably know as Angela from The Office. I just recently followed her on Instagram. My sister, Emily, actually told me she's so great on stories, and she really is. It's just like daily life as a mom in Los Angeles. Sometimes she goes out to lunch with other famous actress friends, and sometimes she's literally just hanging around and her kids are playing in the pool. I'm sure she gets this a lot, but she is a person that you just watch her stories and you're like, I could totally be friends with her. Yes. <laughs> she is my best friend. She yes. doesn't know it yet. Yes. She seems so down to earth. She will do uh, stories as she's walking out for a walk and she's like, I hate going to the gym and, you know, just like complaining about everything that we just like in normal everyday life, you know, the issues that come up. So anyway, she's fantastic at Angela Kinsey on Instagram. Also, I've talked about our friend Ashley before on Sorta Awesome when Laura and I were talking about social media accounts we love to follow. So Ashley is at Heart and Home on Instagram, and she is the queen of fascinating Instagram stories. She and her husband and three boys live on a small farm, and she does incredible stories, just like everything from milking the cows in the morning and gathering eggs. And she's very into sourdough bread, so she's always giving updates on her sourdough starters and what she's baking. She's fantastic on Instagram stories. She's been away for the summer, but she's back. Her stories are great. Another person that you all are probably familiar with is Jamie Golden, one of the co-hosts of the Popcast podcast. Jamie is Jamie B. Golden on Instagram, and I'll put all of these handles into the show notes for today's show. I hate to say this because this could be taken wrong, but Jamie Golden is somebody, she's funny on the Popcast that she is so much funnier, unfiltered in real life. And Kelly, I know you got to experience that when we were in Dallas for their live show. It's true. I mean, you really wonder how someone can pack that much funny into one person. Yes. She is so genuinely funny at all times. Yes. Like it's hard to talk to her because you just want to laugh all the time. Exactly. I agree. Her Instagram stories are some of the best out there and really funny and witty. I think that's, she's so, she has such a quick wit. She does. She has witty observations about whatever she's doing, wherever she is. She also does these really cool, like 15 second reviews of shows on Netflix or movies or books. So anyway, she's fantastic as well on Instagram stories. So I had a lot of words. I'm so sorry. I've been saving up my awesome all summer. (laughs) I know. We're both like, do I only pick one? You guys, we could have done like a whole show on our awesomes because we're so excited to be talking to you again. All the words, all the words. And I'm so glad you said, though, who to follow, Megan, because I was going to ask that. And I didn't want to put you on the spot. So yay, new people to put in my Instagram feed. That's right. That's right. Now, awesomes. I know it is totally still summer for most of you, but some of us sent our children back to school this week. Yes, all four of my kids are in school all day now. And that means that every single morning I'm packing lunch boxes. 
So even though I have a whole Pinterest board filled with lunchbox ideas, I'm constantly racking my brain for easy and healthy food to pop into those lunchboxes. That's why I am loving a recent discovery in our house, the incredibly awesome 100% fruit bars from That's It. When I opened our first few boxes of That's It bars, none of us could believe the only ingredient in these bars is fruit. I don't know what kind of magic the very good people at That's It are working with, but somehow they are able to combine different kinds of dried fruit flavors combinations into bars that are so delicious. Not only are That's It bars perfect for lunch boxes, they're also so great to just throw in your purse or your backpack for healthy snacking on the go. These bars have no added sugar, no preservatives, no fat. They are gluten-free, all natural, they're kosher, they're vegan. And because of all of that, they're actually really great to send to allergy sensitive classrooms for snacks at school, because if a kid can eat real fruit, they can eat That's It bars. Another awesome thing about That's It bars is that they are super easy to get a hold of. You can pick them up at your local Whole Foods, Starbucks, CVS pharmacies. You can even directly order them from the site at thatsitfruit.com. Just enter code awesome and you'll get 10% off of your order. And trust me, that is so much easier than slicing up a whole mango for your kids. So again, look for That's It bars at your local Whole Foods, Starbucks, or CVS, or just go to thatsitfruit.com. Use code AWESOME for 10% off at checkout, and we'll have more information in today's show notes. Okay, so we are here to talk about all of the wonderful things about letting yourself embrace your weirdness this week. This started, actually, Kelly, you had kind of tossed around this idea last spring when we were talking about Mm -hmm. future shows we could do, so it was kind of in my mind. Then recently... My friend Catherine, who lives here in the city, I talk about her lots on the show. She was catching up on Sorta Awesome, and she listened to that episode that had come out with my sister where I talked about overcoming my salon anxiety because (laughs) for so long I'd been having my husband, Kyle, give me haircuts in our kitchen, which is weird. I get it. It's just a hard pass, Megan. (laughs) I know. Hard pass. We were already to stage intervention, but you're just lucky we don't live in town with you. That's right. That's right. So she was like, She was laughing about that because she, of course, knew that that was something I did before I found my new favorite salon. Anyway, so she was texting me and she was like, okay, here's something about me. She was like, I cannot. And then she put in all caps, repeat, I cannot handle nail clippers. She said the sound, everything about nail clippers, it just does her in. She can barely handle the thought of it. And so she has her husband clip her nails for her. (laughs) That's precious. I know. So she said she could barely even handle him doing it, but there's no way that she can do it herself. And she said if she's really desperate, she'll get out a fingernail file and kind of file them down until he has time to cut them (laughs) (laughs) for her. And I was like, can I please talk about that on the show? Because (laughs) I think that's a little weird. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little weird. But this is where we're going, right? Is that we're all weird. We're Oh, weird. And then some of the things that we don't even like know they're weird. They're right. totally normal to us. And then you say them out loud to somebody, you're like, I guess as I'm saying that, that's weird, right? <laughs> or it's sometimes it's the reactions of the people. You're saying yes. something that you think is normal. And all of a sudden, there's just this slight little recoil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amongst your friends, they're like, I don't, I don't do that. And you're like, what, wait, what? Maybe that's just an ENFP or an extrovert thing. We're always, you know, putting ourselves out there and then being like, wait, 
What? Everybody does yes. that, don't they? <laughs> it's so, so true. So Kelly, you and I, as we were thinking about putting this show together, you found this great article on Huffington Post called Nine Reasons Why It's Okay to Be Weird. And it really kind of inspired what mm-hmm. we were thinking about for this show. So we want to talk about five reasons why it's so great to just embrace and celebrate your weirdness. I think the number one reason is because guess what, you guys, there really is no normal. There is no normal. And even if there mm-hmm. was, who even wants to be normal anyway? Right. I really do think it's such a like a universal condition to believe that there's some kind of magical gold standard for what normal is. And all of us think we miss the mark for normal in some way. Right. Yeah. I think every single person thinks I'm the only one who fill in the blank. (laughs) Exactly. Right. And I think that really leads us to number two of the reasons to be weird, to celebrate it, is that really, who wants to be normal? Like you said, weirdness is your superpower, right? You know, those things that you think, oh, if people knew this about me, they would just, oh, or, you know, whatever. In many times, You can flip the script on that weirdness and use it to be your awesome. Right. And so this is something I talk about a lot with my teenage daughter. I think that's actually for me where the show topic idea originally came from was her saying, oh, I'm so weird or I do this thing and it's so weird. And I said, look, babe, everybody has weird. Embrace your weird. Like, let it be what makes you unique. You don't have to be afraid of, especially, you know, in high school, there's that pressure to conform. And I think maybe that's where we get the idea that there is this normal, like we see people and we project on them and we're like, well, see, now they're normal and I'm not. But of course, we're comparing our insides to their outsides. And that's not fair. Right. So yeah, I think really, it's so fun to recognize that these things that we're going to be talking about today are really what make you you. Exactly. In fact, we asked in the Sort of Awesome Hangout group, for people to share some of their things that they consider weird about themselves. And two people shared things. Oh, well, I mean, first of all, no, hundreds. (laughs) We had hundreds of comments to read through about people expressing and celebrating their weirdness on that thread. But two that stood out to me that really, I think, relate so much to this idea that weirdness is your superpower. Two of our awesomes have done really cool things because of things that are kind of weird about themselves. The first one is from an awesome named Jennifer. And she wrote, I'm totally fascinated by infectious diseases like Ebola. I even wrote my college and graduate school applications about it. And so it's not shocking that I studied public health and tropical medicine in the end. And that's such a great example. Like, yeah, we all kind of have these weird, quirky things that we're into. But like you said, if we kind of flip the script, as it turns out, our weirdness can actually bring something really cool to the world. Mm -hmm. We have another awesome named Adrienne who said, I talk to strangers wherever I go. Sometimes I can get to know their innermost struggles for as long as it takes to go through the checkout line. I have an innate desire to acknowledge everyone and let them know they are welcome. And she's made it a goal to get people to smile back at her, strangers to smile back at her when she smiles at them. She said, I think this used to be more acceptable. Now I think people think I'm selling something or I'm a creeper. (laughs) But she went on to say that she just thinks that humans are really cool. And so I did a little creeping of my own on Adrian. And she's actually the founder of a really cool nonprofit Mm -hmm. organization called Bevy Girls. It's a grassroots organization 
that practices everyday peacemaking through the act of sharing stories. So something that she thought was a little weird, how she likes to talk to people and hear their stories wherever she goes. She turned that into a really cool organization that is celebrating the art of storytelling and how we can get to know each other and experience more compassion and authenticity and confidence through telling our stories. So I thought that was such a great example of flipping the script and making your weirdness awesome. Right. Kind of inviting people into it, right? Yes, totally, totally. Another reason to celebrate your weirdness is honestly, speaking of authenticity, it's genuinely just so much easier in the long run to just give in and just own your weirdness and have confidence about it because trying to hide your weirdness can be really exhausting over time. Mm -hmm. I mean, Kelly, you were talking about like in high school, I think all of us can relate to that thing that you spend a lot of time like trying to hide what you think is weird about yourself. And it can just be so exhausting. But when you really own who you are, all of your weirdnesses and all of your awesomeness, I think that there's just like this undeniable sparkle to your presence. You're not wasting your energy, your precious, wonderful energy trying to hide who you are, deny who you are. And that sparkle really attracts other people. It helps them to know that you're like a safe place where they can be themselves. They can be authentic. They can be weird in their own wonderful ways too when you really embrace it. Right. And I do think that's such a journey, don't you? I mean, I think about my high school daughter. I think about high school Kelly. I would purposely not answer questions correctly on tests Mm -hmm. because I hated that I always got A's Mm -hmm. and people would tease me in the class. And so like I would dumb down because I was so afraid to be authentically myself because you want to fit in. You don't want to stick out. And I look back now and I'm like, girl, that is the craziest thing ever. Yes. And so that's why you know I'm telling my daughter and obviously she has to live her own you know story here. But it's like the sooner you can be authentic to you and say, hey, this is okay. This is just who I am. You know, I'm going to embrace it. You can take it or leave it. I'm not going to just try to hide my weirdness and all of my superpowers to make you comfortable. The better you're going to be, the healthier the world will be. Mm -hmm. So absolutely. And I think another reason to celebrate your weirdness kind of goes to this is that so many people that we respect and have really changed the world have moved us forward, like artists, inventors, you know, innovators, entrepreneurs, they all seem weird at first. Yes. So true. Whatever they did that they were obsessed with, an idea, a cure, an art thing, I am sure that at the very beginning, people were like, yeah, I don't get that. (laughs) But they did not stop. You know, they said, I don't care if you don't get it. So they had already kind of broken through that barrier to be really authentic and true to themselves and say, I'm going to pursue it anyway. And it's oftentimes only on the backside that people go, oh, that's so awesome. I didn't see the potential. Or, you know, now I think it's cool. But before, people have to kind of push through with their weirdness. But if they weren't willing to celebrate it, we would never get these big leaps forward in humanity and in culture that we now enjoy. It's so true. I mean, even if you think about like every major world religion, I mean, something as huge as religion, if you trace it back to its roots, it was like somebody was going against the culture and like being weird in their own way. And then it's, you know, become something that has really changed the world in some ways. And Gosh, it's so true. I think that's so true that it takes a lot of courage and a lot of bravery sometimes to stand out with your weirdness, but there's so much potential there. Right. So I think another way, the fifth way, the fifth reason to celebrate your weirdness is because when you are honest and open about it, believe it or not, it's going to help you find your tribe. It's going to help you find your people. I love this very well-known quote from C.S. Lewis. 
where he said, friendship is born at the moment when one man says to another, what? You too? I thought that no one but myself, dot, dot, dot. Like whatever Mm -hmm. the thing is, you thought it was only you, but there's actually somebody else. And then that is the heart of when friendship is born. And I love that idea. I experienced that so much in my own life. When I was a young mom and a new mom, I made a lot of choices that at the time felt very kind of against mainstream culture. For example, I've talked a few times on the show that I was completely obsessed with cloth diapering, with the whole thing, the whole like culture of cloth diapering. And it really helped me to find in the little pocket of Texas that we lived in at the time, it helped me find other moms who were into other natural family living things like Mm -hmm. me. Also back in those days, I'm telling you, this was, you know, over 12 years ago now, using baby carriers and baby slings was not the norm. It was not something you could find at Target. You had to, you know, find a specialty store or order online to get slings and carriers and stuff. And so when I would be out in public wearing one of the girls in a sling or in a carrier, and I saw another mom, it was like an instant connection there because it was like, oh, we're the same. We both get it, the whole baby wearing thing. And so just having a little bit of courage to be like, I'm gonna do my thing, even though everybody else is doing something else, you find your people when you do that. Yeah, I would think this goes back to my early mothering years too, but it really was like the internet and the blog world Mm. that for me, you know, I had good friends in real life, but most of them didn't get my fascination either with writing, you know, like that was my had been my career before I stepped out of it. Or I don't know, just like that whole world of being friends with people online. I mean, even that is a little weird. It's much more common today than it was 15 years ago. But when I stumbled upon the blog world and started to leave comments and make real friendships. Yes, like you and me. Online. I was like, oh, oh, these are my people. Yes. You know, I would say things to my in real life friends, something about being online and they would just be like, oh, I, I don't, I don't really, I check my email like once a week and I'm like, yes. I don't even understand you. So, you know, to be able to find your people that can be so not only invigorating and that feeling of like, a little relief, I guess, like, oh, look, there are people like me who enjoy something that I enjoy, but you feel poured into mm-hmm. because here are people who get it yes. that you don't have to try to explain yourself to or justify or that sort of a thing. It's just that whole ability to find your tribe. And I really do think that social media has given the ability for people. And I think that's what's cool about social media for teenagers, for all of the woes that we could talk about in those teen years when they feel so scared to say, this is my weird thing. You know, I'm obsessed with Star Wars Mm -hmm. or I really, you know, like table tennis. They can find their people, even if they aren't people that they know in school, so that they can start to feel more confident about their weirdness and say, hey, look, here's somebody on Instagram who loves cat memes just like I do, you know? And so it can give that confidence, I think, to teenagers and to all of us that there is somebody else who gets it and gets me. Yeah, totally. Because yeah, exactly. I think the internet has given us so many gifts in that regard. And this whole concept of fandoms, like you mentioned Star Wars and just like there's a fandom for almost any kind of thing that you can think of. And so one of our awesomes wrote in the group, an awesome named Laura wrote, I literally love Harry Potter so much it hurts. I listen to the audiobooks every day and every big thing I do has Harry Potter involved. Harry Potter has gotten me through the darkest times in my life. And that's a kind of like enthusiastic passion for a thing that before the internet, you might just think like, I'm the only person who just lives for Harry Potter. 
the way that I do. But because of the internet and fandoms that are online, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I can totally connect with other people that, you know, yeah. just really love Harry Potter, all things Harry Potter as much as I do. And it's so great. And there's other things too, even like, okay, as you all may know, there is a YouTube channel called Dr. Pimple Popper. Oh, oh. Which Are we just, going to go there already? <laughs> we're going there just because I want to say that's the kind of thing that makes my skin crawl, this YouTube channel where they do all, I mean, pimple popping, yes, and all kinds of other body related things. Like that extractions, I right? I can't talk about because I'll just I know. Die. But listen, Dr. Pimple Popper has a huge and enthusiastic following. And whenever yep. it comes up in comment threads on Facebook or wherever, Someone will be like, I, you know, my confession is I really like to watch those pimple popping videos. And then like a whole bunch of comments will spring up like me too. I love those. Now I will never watch those, but Dr. Pimple Popper is bringing people together with her. (laughs) (laughs) Quote, there's a pull quote for the show. (laughs) With her enthusiastic devotion to these with her enthusiastic pimple popping. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. But it's true. I mean, we all understand what we're saying here, right? <laughs> I do think that that is one of the things. And so we're going to talk a little bit about some of the awesomes when you asked in the mm-hmm. board, some of the things that they said. I do think that that is one of the things that until the internet came along, there are so many people uh-huh. who love that sort of thing. And so when somebody would mention it, in fact, I remember back in the early days of blogging and, you know, you would like tag people to play some sort of a game. Yes. And there was one that was like weird things about me. Yeah. And in those, there were so many people who would secretly confess to that. And then you're right. Like it would be a pile on. Yes. Like half the people in the U.S. apparently loved to watch videos of pimple popping, loved to do this on people in their house. Yes. And I was like, I, again, you've never heard of it, right? And they were all in the closet until... <laughs> okay, yes. So those were five reasons. We genuinely do think that whatever your weirdness is, get it out there, celebrate it. You could change the world or you could just find some of your closest friends right. and change your own world. But it is so, so, so much better in life to just live with it, with all of your stuff, just embrace it. So... Kelly, before we get into bringing out and celebrating some of the weirdness that our awesome shared with us, I think it's only fair that we should share some of our own weirdnesses first. So Kelly, what are some weird things about you? <laughs> How long do we have for this segment? <laughs> because really, when you sit down and think about it, if you have some time, which we did to prepare about it, I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> there are a lot of things that I do that, again, I think to me are normal. Mm-hmm. But I can now start to have some perspective and say, I don't know that everybody does this. Like for one thing is, and my husband does this too. So it's only when our kids started to laugh and mock us for it that we were like, oh, doesn't everybody do that? But neither of us can sit still while we're talking to the phone or for me mm-hmm. on Voxer. Mm-hmm. Actually, Literally no. impossible. I know why this is, but go ahead and talk about it. And then I'm going to tell you exactly why. Okay. Yeah. So my husband, when he works from home, is on the phone, you know, eight hours a day. Mm -hmm. That's mostly what he does. And so unless he's on a, you know, big conference call where he's really just listening and he can do other things at his computer, he is pacing in his little office or if he can go out into the living room, depending how noisy it is in our house that day. I am the same way. I have to walk from room to room to room to room to room to room. I mean, just back and forth. It's almost like my thoughts don't work if my body sits still. Are you ready to know why? Yeah. 
Well, it's because maybe. <laughs> it's totally normal. It's your brain, and it's totally normal. You're an ENFP. You're married to an INTJ. Same here, ENFP, INTJ. ENFP and INTJs are just two of the types, or many more, that are extroverted thinkers. And what extroverted thinkers do is they need that kinesthetic energy to really use their thinking function. And so it's very common for any kind of extroverted thinker to need to pace or even if they're just like if they're in the meetings, they'll doodle. Kyle, when he was coaching, spent yes. hours upon hours in his life. I'm sure Corey's in meetings a lot, has to doodle, has to do something with physical energy that helps. It's like you said, if you're not doing that, it's like you cannot engage that thinking function. And so when your kids are making fun of you, just tell them, you know, like, step off. This is my brain. I do. Doing yes, the, I'm right. the best thinking it can do. <laughs> Exactly. And really what I realized out of that, and I think that probably you and a lot of awesomes can relate to this, in general, I have a hard time sitting still. Mm -hmm. And it's not really ADHD because I have some of that in my family and I've seen that. I think it's different. I just, if I'm trying to think or function, even pay attention, I almost kind of have to move. So if I'm hosting something, lots of times, you know, I will be getting up and getting more food or you know, clearing dishes and people will say, just sit down. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, I can't, like, I can't pay attention to what you're saying. Yes. Like, and so I have to kind of explain to people, like, I'm actually a better listener while I'm moving than just sitting. And they're probably the opposite, which is why they're thinking, why aren't you paying attention to me? I'm here to see you and you're bustling around the kitchen sort of a thing. So just recognizing that that was kind of my weird thing. And here's something that I saw in the awesome thread, a few people mentioned that I realized I did in college. If I have to sit still and listen to something like a lecture, I will write on my fingers. Mm -hmm. I will use my one index finger to spell out words, usually in cursive, Uh which I don't write at all, you guys. My handwriting is so bad, I type everything. But I will almost, not compulsively, but like spell one word, like whatever Mm -hmm. words stuck out to me. And so Mm -hmm. my husband, I did not even realize that I did this. Like for years, finally, he was like, why are you always like, do 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 with your fingers. Like, what is this? What's going on there? Yes. And I was like, oh, I guess I'm spelling even signs that I pass in cars if I have to just sit still. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, one thing, you know, thinking of my own weirdnesses, I've talked about this on the show that I have this very weird thing about my nails and I can't mm-hmm. have nail polish on my fingernails, which when I talked about that on the show, I was just sure I was the only person that has claustrophobic fingernails. I can't paint my fingernails because they can't breathe. They feel like they're suffocating. And when I said that, a ton of people are like, oh my gosh, I'm the same way about my fingernails. Another little quirky one about me is when I'm shopping at the grocery store or whatever, I cannot choose the product that's at the front. I have to get at least the one Mm. that's behind, maybe two behind. Like, so if I'm getting deodorant, I can never, ever, ever pick the one that's right on the front of the shelf. I have to go like a few behind and get that one. And I don't know when or why I started doing that. I do it with boxes of cereal. I mean, like literally anything. Now, if I'm shopping for clothes, it's not quite the same. For some reason, it's more like grocery store items. Cannot pick the one on the front of the shelf. Has to go several behind. Are you trying to get one that is newer? Or sometimes I'll go back because I don't want the ones in the front that are, like, I don't want a cereal box that's got bent. I think that's what it is. I do think that somewhere along the line, I was like, I think it's like people have touched this one and, you know, like maybe put it back on the shelf and it bothers me. But like now I'm not aware. I'm not like, oh, people's fingerprints are germs because I'm not even really a germy person. But I just do it. It's just a habit now. But yeah, that's a little weird thing about me. Yeah, I'm like the opposite. This is a little bit weird. Again, I did not know that it was, but I'm like the opposite of a germaphobe. I like so don't care. Yeah, yes. <laughs> that now I've recognized, especially in today's culture, 
And I do somewhat keep this one in check just because if I have a friend who is really worried about germs, I want to be respectful of them, you know. But I remember our third child, we were at a county fair. So this is Taylor. She was a baby. Her older sister was riding one of those pony rides, Mm -hmm. you know. So it's just, you know, it's the county fair. It is not a very sanitized place. So she was standing in her stroller, which, A, she shouldn't be standing in her stroller. But she was standing up and she was holding on to the railing uh, that kept the ponies in and chewing on it. Oh, wow. And I didn't even notice, uh-huh. you know, like till some people were laughing and like pointing at her. And, yeah. You know, it was like an older couple. And I was like, eh. <laughs> I said, we just call it building immunity. Building immunity. <laughs> yes. We build immunity in our family. Right. So I'm like the opposite of a germaphobe. Right. So I do. Like I said, I try to keep that one. Here's one. I wonder if there are other people out there who do this. My daughter is starting to mock me for it and I don't care. I have to use correct spelling and punctuation in text. Oh, yes. Yeah, definitely. I can't do U-R with just the letter U and the letter R. I have to capitalize things. I use semicolons. Me too. And she's like, Mom, the whole point of a text is to be fast and just whip it out there. And I'm like, nope, I I can't do that. I will be the 92-year-old sending texts to her grandchildren who probably won't even type at that point (laughs) with correct punctuation. Right, right, right. I'm the same way. Recently, I've started leaving like a period off at the end and feeling very rebellious about that. Like, (laughs) see, I'm cool. I don't punctuate every text, but it bothers me even still when I do it. (laughs) Yes. There are times I will send the period after, you know, like really what I did was hit send too fast. Yes. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, I'm edgy. Nope, can't do it. And I have to send like a text with just a period. That's when my daughter's like, really, mom? I got it. Like, I got it without the period. We're yes. Good. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, sorry. Hilarious. I just, I can't. I think that must be the writer and the editor in me. Like, I just can't do that. Definitely. One more. That's, I think it's kind of weird. I don't know if other people do this or not. I really don't. It's kind of similar to what you were saying. And we're going to talk more about this thing of like typing or writing with your hands. Mm-hmm. It's similar. People's names and how they are spelled are very important to me in my brain. So there's this place in my brain. I don't know how to explain this. It's It acknowledges how a person's name looks visually when I think about them or talk about them. Yeah. I think the closest way to describe it is, you know how like when you're reading silently to yourself, reading fiction, you might imagine how a character's voice sounds, but you don't actually hear it in your head, but you kind of imagine, you know, in your head that you're thinking about how that character's voice would sound, Mm -hmm. but you're not like, you're not thinking about what that voice might sound like. That's kind of how it is for me with names. It's not like I stop to spell a person's name out. It's almost like it's kind of like floating in a place in my brain. And so if I find out that a person's name is spelled differently than what I thought, it's very jarring for me. And an example of this is for many years, my sister had a principal on her campus named Carrie. And in my mind, because we'd never really talked about her specified, she just mentioned her in passing sometimes. And in my mind, I thought it was spelled K-A-R-I, which is how a very close friend of mine from high school named Carrie spelled her name. Like a long time goes past. And then she texted me something about Carrie and it was actually spelled K-E-R-R-I. And I was like, that's how Carrie spells her name? And it like completely reshuffled everything in my brain. And now specifically because we've talked about how her name is spelled, whenever we talk about Carrie, I can picture it right now. It's like almost like a billboard in my mind of that's how Carrie's name is spelled. So yeah, just like when I'm thinking about them or if I'm just talking about them, it just like flashes into my brain how their name is spelled. Isn't that weird? It is a little weird, but I think it's understandable because this is something now I would guess not everybody does this, but I think this is probably more common than not. Not that weird is that whole visual thing. So, you know, for years, you would hear somebody on the radio, they would be, you know, Ari Shapiro is this person in your head Mm -hmm. on NPR. And then 
you would see a picture and it would be so jarring yes for me to go oh that's what they look like like that's not at all what I was thinking let me ask you this I feel like people have big feelings about that audio thing like if Mm -hmm. they some people like really like to know what the person looks like and some people don't want to know at all I like to know I will look up all of my NPR people and like really look at their picture so I can imagine what they look like when they're talking but some people don't want that in their brain at all which yeah, I don't understand that. I have to almost have the picture. I think because otherwise it's so jarring to me because especially today, you know that you will probably see them somewhere. You will see a profile picture on social media. So I almost like get it over with. You know, if yes. I find somebody that I really listen to a lot, I'm like, I got to go look them up. Yes. Maybe because I want to follow them on social media anyway, but that's helpful to me. Right. So when people have said, oh, I don't like to know. Yeah. I'm like, I, what? Right. That's weird to me where I'm like... I, didn't know why why I don't understand why, why would wouldn't you she want to know what they like know. yeah yeah so interesting so interesting okay well oh, Kelly hundreds of comments later we found out some very interesting things about our awesomes in the sort of awesome hangout group on Facebook we broke we them down into a few categories there's no way we could cover it. we would have to do a whole hour-long episode just to cover all of the ones that were mentioned but we broke them down into categories so we can mention a few that stood out to us so the first category we want to talk about is body weirdnesses all of us have little weird things about our bodies one of our awesomes taylor wrote that she said i have a geographic tongue have you ever heard of this kelly i have not but when i read it i was like Tell me more. Yes. So a (laughs) geographic tongue, I guess it's a real condition. Uh She said, the coating of my tongue disappears in patches and it can be uncomfortable, especially if I eat too much spicy or acidic food. And then several people weighed in and like, oh, I totally have that too. She said that a dentist told her like five years ago or so that it's a real thing. It's a legit condition. She thought she was just weird, but it's a real thing. And then other people in the hangout group were like, oh my gosh, me too. Yep. Yeah. I remember somebody said that they like the smell of their belly button. Yes. <laughs> I am sorry, awesome, who said that, that I don't have your name right in front of me, but it will stick with me. Yeah. I was like, well, that is kind of a cute and fun little thing. Like, you're like, I embrace yes. my belly button. <laughs> I love all that is me, including my belly button smell. Including my belly button. And I can't say that's true of me. <laughs> Another awesome name, April, said, I enjoy cleaning earwax. From my husband's ear, I have a special tool with a light that allows me to get the max amount of wax. Kelly, we had so many pickers and groomers in our group, people who like to pick their own scabs, pick other people's scabs. Grooming was a big weirdness that came up either themselves. One of our awesomes, Alicia, talked about she likes to actually get tweezers and pluck out her leg hair. Oh, that made me hurt a little bit, Alicia. Sounded very painful to me. People doing plucking and grooming of other people, their partners, their kids or whatever. When it comes to body stuff, there's a lot of weird and hey, whatever makes you happy as long as you're not hurting other people. (laughs) Yeah. Did you see the one where Karen McVeigh, she said that she has webbed toes? Yes. And that her mom, before she got married, was like, you need to fix those. (laughs) And she was like... I like my web toes. They're cool. Why would I want to fix them? And so she even had a picture online to show, you know, like, you're like, what is that exactly? You know, toes are fused together a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's one of those things. I loved her take on it. You were just like, no, why would I change this? This is cool about me. Because so many of us, I remember my mom was a nurse before she had kids. And so, you know, as you're growing up and you find things and you're like, oh, I would say to my mom, this is, you know, I found this. And she's like, we're all, none of us are like perfectly made. We all have weird things. They might not even be on the outside. It might be on the inside. You don't know, you know, like you're, 
intestines is two feet shorter than everybody else's. You know, who knows? It's true. But like we all have them. So, you know, don't like freak out about them. Yes. Because we all have little body things. You can move your joint this way or what was the Friends episode? Chandler had a third nipple. Oh, yes. That's right. I hadn't thought about that in a long time. So yes. it's true. Yeah. Okay. Some of the weirds that you guys talked about were in the gross weirdness category. One, and listen, we say gross with complete affection and <laughs> well, celebration. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> no, we are giving you space. This is a safe space to be gross. <laughs> but we're still saying it's gross. Yes. One was from our awesome Connie, who says, I have a box of cat whiskers that I've saved from my pets through the years winner yes that one might have won the whole thread for me that's yeah that's wow that's really an interesting thing to do another awesome name danielle this one bothered me so much i could barely type it up an awesome name danielle said i have been known to use a hair strand or two. Oh my gosh i'm about to throw up a hair stand or two to floss when food is stuck in my teeth i try to be discreet because ooh, right but i can't stand the feeling of food stuck in my teeth and prefer that you of using hair. Now, this relates to one of my own weirdnesses, which is hair off of the head. I don't mind hair when it's attached to the head, but hair off of the head really, really, really squicks me out. And the thought, oh my gosh, I'm serious, Kelly. I feel like I'm about to throw up right now. Just thinking about sticking hair in your teeth and using it as floss. I want to jump off of the top of my house just thinking about it. <laughs> just watching you guys. I wish you could see my face right now. She's like, Oh, just, oh, she can't even. That's how I feel. And people, I, again, safe place, right? But all of the pimple popping and earwax grabbing and people who want to groom their children's noses, I was like, you know, dry heaving. Yes. A lot. Because that is, I just, I can't. Well. I can't imagine anybody wanting to, A, really do it a lot. Yeah. Much less do it to people like their spouse or roommate and then watching videos on YouTube, I was like, oh no, no. But obviously I am in the minority here because there are a lot of people who feel a great sense of satisfaction in that. And I do kind of understand that little edge of it, you know, that I think that what people like is it's like a problem solved, right? Yeah. We have cleaned that wax, yes. whatever it is. It's cathartic in some way. Yes. And I can see that. I can. The hair thing just really bothers me. But Danielle, I'm sure I hope that she felt really affirmed because a lot of people chimed in and were like, oh, I do that too. And I was like, no, none of you. This is not... <laughs> Please don't ever do that around me. (laughs) Megan's like, I totally regret starting this thread right now. (laughs) This is when we have hit. (laughs) Yes. We are peak weird right now. (laughs) Peak weird. But like you said, there were so many people who were like, and I think even I read that I didn't have quite the squeamish response to it. There was a part of me, probably the INTJ influence part of me that was like, well, that's really practical. (laughs) (laughs) You always have hair. But you don't always have flaws, so go for it. Right. Okay, another category we just called random weirdness. I thought that we could include some interesting ones. This one comes from an awesome name, Teresa. And she said, one weird thing I love to do is listen to air traffic control. I know no one else who routinely does this, so I consider myself weird. My husband and I went to the Air Force Academy for college, and even he thinks I'm weird. She has an app called Live ATC. She can listen to places throughout the world and finds it fascinating. She said, I listen for my family members' flights. 
It's so funny when they text and say, we landed because I already know they landed because I've been listening to air traffic. And she said she started this back in 2014. She'd had surgery. She was couch bound and now just finds it to be a really weird and fascinating hobby. And I thought that was really a pretty cool weird, honestly. Yeah, right. So yeah, that one's... I think one that Shell mentioned that a lot of people relate to is one where she said, I have to have the volume setting on the TV or radio an even number. So that is definitely one of my weird things. I love even numbers and tolerate odd numbers. So I can do a five or a 10. A lot of people mentioned that as well. Like they want to have the thermostat or they can only go to bed on a five or a 10 on the clock sort of a thing. I actually am to the point where this is when I embrace the weirdness. I used to keep my love for even numbers somewhat hidden. When we got our last phone number, you know, we called and my husband now knew this about me. And he said, here's what our phone number would be. And it was like almost all odd numbers. And I'm like, nope, tell him to try again. Like, so I made the phone department go through multiple phone numbers (laughs) until I found one that I liked that had a pleasing combination of numbers, mostly even a couple of odd (laughs) offsets. That's, I know a lot of things about you. That might be the weirdest thing you've ever told me. <laughs> and so now I can't change it. You know, like right. we have to keep this phone number because I've worked so hard to get it. I will tell you, because I don't know whose phone number this is anymore. We lived in San Diego. Corey got, we moved a lot. He got a phone number and he came home and he said, our number is 505-9995. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> are you me? trying to kill me? I was like, that is the grossest number I've ever heard. He's like, I thought it'd be easy to remember. INTJ. Yes. 9995. And I'm like, you can't even say that without sounding like you're nasal. 9995. 9995. Like for the longest, we probably lived in that house for two years. It was like a joke daily where I'm like, I guess I'll go call our stupid phone number to check our answer. So now he knows. So now we have a phone number. I think that that even number, especially even numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Very common. Very common. So you were talking about tracing words with your hand kind of thing. Our friend Mm -hmm. Tish, who's been on the show a few times, she has that same thing. She said she types them, that her fingers will sort of instinctively type them air typing as she's talking. Then I don't know if you saw this. Our friend Laura Lynn commented on Tish's comment. And Laura Lynn's been on the show too. She said, I type words I hear, but with my toes. And she's clarified, not on an actual keyboard, just wiggling in my shoes. She said she uses proper finger placement. It's just with her toes. And she said, I don't do it all the time, but if I'm listening and thinking really hard, my toes are moving. Usually it's one word over and over or a sentence. I was like, Laura Lynn. I did see that. Typing with her toes. This is amazing. (laughs) Yes. Again, when you're like, I've known you for a long time and I did not know that you were typing with your toes. So now the next time I see her, I'm going to be tempted to watch her feet. Yes, me too. (laughs) What are you typing? Me too. I thought there was one that was kind of in that category of random that Hannah Morris shared when she said that when she was a kid, all of her injuries or pain had to be symmetrical. Yes, I saw that too. Yes. Very interesting. That, you know, like if she bumped her elbow on the counter, she had to kind of go back and do the same thing to even herself out. Yes. Because there was a little part of me that was like, That's so random, but I understand it on some level. Yes. Yeah, I get it. Well, we were going to call our last category not as weird as you think weirdness. We've got to wrap up. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to really draw out this point because a number of people mentioned that they see people in dates in color or they associate people Mm -hmm. with colors. Someone talked about having empathy pains where you feel pain when someone else gets hurt. This is fascinating because this is an actual condition called synesthesia. I found an American Psychological Association article about it. And it's basically when you have synesthesia, you can hear, smell, taste, or feel pain 
In color, you can taste shapes. Other people might perceive written words, digits in color. Mm -hmm. Some people see units of time or mathematical concepts as shapes. So there's lots of different kinds of synesthesia, but this ability to sort of perceive things in a number of ways is synesthesia. And so if you've had that your whole life and you've always been like, wait, not everybody sees dates and color. That's a thing. That is a thing. Synesthesia. So it's not as weird as you think. In fact, it's kind of a cool thing if you start looking into it. A lot of people have it. And it's a really interesting thing that the brain does. Right. And I think that that's what when we start to talk about the things that really aren't as weird as you think they are, they often go back to some sort of a neurological thing that a lot of us just have. I looked up on the internet kind of when I was doing some research for this, where they were talking about things that you think are weird that probably everybody does. And one of the number one things was talking to yourself. Oh, yeah. So many people will say, oh, I talked to myself. I'm so weird. And they said almost everybody talks to themselves. Mm -hmm. It's like that need for companionship and that sort of thing that exists in our brain. I remember I was just so happy once Natalie was a baby. I remember going grocery shopping with her. She was in a like a baby Bjorn. Mm -hmm. I'm old school sort of carrier. And I was able to look like I wasn't talking to myself anymore. Totally. You know, obviously she's only like (laughs) eight weeks old, but I'm like, look at the apples today. They're so pretty. Right. And I'm like, oh, I'm talking to the baby. (laughs) I'm not just like talking out loud to nobody anymore. This is so wonderful. People aren't going to think I'm crazy, but apparently everybody does it. It's so true. It's so true. And it's good for your brain too. I read that somewhere. It's good Mm -hmm. for your brain actually to talk to yourself. So. Oh my gosh, we did not even get to some of the great weirdnesses that you guys shared. There was a lot of food stuff about weird things that people like to eat. We didn't even get to, maybe we'll share, we'll parcel that out on our social media throughout the week because you guys shared some great stuff. So speaking of social media, Kelly, it's been a while. So let's remind people where they can find us all around the web. I know. And I'm so excited because I feel like this kind of marks my entry back into the world of social media. Because I think that this summer I've gotten really just consumed with other things. But I love to keep track of what's going on in your guys' lives. So you can find me on Instagram most often at Kelly at Lovewell. I'm also on Twitter at Kelly at Lovewell or Facebook is facebook.com slash Lovewell blog. All right. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sort of Awesome Meg. I'm doing lots of Instagram stories. So come find me on Instagram and check out some stories that I'm doing over there. You can find the show on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show. We're on Twitter at Sorta Awesome Pod. You can find us anytime on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for weathering the summer break with us. Thanks for coming back. And we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created by me, Megan Teets, and is produced each week in collaboration with Kelly Gordon, Rebecca Hoffert, and Laura Tremaine. Visit us on the web at SortaAwesomeShow.com where you can sign up for the show's newsletter, connect with the Sorta Awesome community, and find show notes for each episode of Sorta Awesome. Music is provided by the band Prager. Find out more at PragerMusic.com. We'll meet you back here next time as we discover, explore, and discuss all the things that make life Sorta amazingly awesome. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.